0: Welcome to the official Business and Lifestyle Legends podcast. Real life stories, exciting interviews, and a lot of knowledge to change your life. And here is your host of today's episode, Ben Schneider.
1: Today's episode is powered by jobmofi.com. Jobmofi.com is a job search platform where you can hire a remote worker from the overseas, from all over the world, and you can sell your services on the marketplace. So if you need a remote worker, a designer, a virtual assistant, a web designer, developer, or anything else, go on jobmofi.com, sign up for free, only verified users, no fakes, no scam check it out 14 days free trial on chubmofi.com. welcome guys to the business and lifestyle legends podcast my name is ben schneider i'm the host of this episode and today i got another awesome guest for you he's the founder of green pal a uh, marketplace for lawn care and he's the perfect interview guest today because uh he has not also create, uh, only created this marketplace, he has also created um, Peachtree Inc., one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, growing at over $10 million a year in annual revenue, before it was acquired by Elusa Holdings in 2013. So please, guys, welcome Brian Clayton. Hey, Brian, how are you doing?
0: Ben, thanks for having me on. Great to be here.
1: Awesome. Thanks for being on the show today. I'm excited for our talk for the next 30 minutes. Um, you are the founder of GreenPAL. So it's a marketplace for lawn care. That's and right. This is, this is very interesting because um, I'm also owner of a marketplace, but it's way different. So what we are doing is uh, job search fr- from the overseas and you are more in a local based business. But you're doing it um, also globally. Um, so, how did this idea came up to to create a marketplace?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, CEO, co-founder of GreenPal, and GreenPal it works kind of like the Uber for lawn mowing. So if you have a home or you rent a home, you have your lawn, you need to have somebody mow it for you. Rather than calling around on Craigslist or Facebook or or some other website, you can just download GreenPal and you'll get hooked up with a great lawn mowing service in less than a minute that will come out and mow your yard for you. And you can pay them and and book them again right through the app. And we've been at this business for eight years. And so we're kind of an eight-year overnight success. We've uh, got over 300,000 people using the app to get their lawn mowed. Doing over 20 million dollars a year in revenue, but the first few years growing the business were really, really tough. Getting a marketplace going from from the cold start is is really, really difficult, and uh, it took us probably four years to get some kind of momentum going on the on the company. Um, the one thing that I did have going for us is that I was kind of solving my own problem. I, I spent 15 years before I started GreenPal running a landscaping business. I I had started cutting yards in high school as a way to make extra money and I stuck with this little lawn mowing business year after year after year growing it uh, ultimately to over 150 employees and over 10 million dollars a year in revenue and then in 2013 that business was acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States and so just building that business I saw every day how difficult it was for homeowners to get hooked up with a good lawn mowing service and I thought okay well what am I gonna do now you know I retired I I got bored I thought well let's let's see if I can build an app you know I'm gonna see if I can if I can build a a technology company and luckily I I did not know what I didn't know and luckily I was a little naive uh, otherwise I never would have done this uh, but uh, because it's just so damn hard but uh but but i i recruited two co-founders and we went to work and we we started working on the product working on the platform the first year we had ten thousand dollars in total revenue and uh and like 20 customers maybe maybe 30 customers and half of them were my friends and family but we just kept (laughs) sticking it out we kept we kept uh learning from the people that were using it we would i was reading a book at the time called the startup owners manual by steve blank and another book called uh, the lean startup by eric reese and what those guys like beat into your head as as technology entrepreneurs is that you have to get out of the building and go talk to people that are using your product and go go meet with them and get them to tell you where uh... you let them down and tell you what problem that they wish you would solve for them and and only through that feedback do you understand if you're on the right course or not and uh, we luckily put this into practice and we, we met with those first few people using the app and this, we, we figured out if we could just make it work in Nashville where, where we live, we can make it work nationwide. And we spent four years in Nashville just trying to make the, the Uber of lawn mowing predictable and reliable and, uh, and then slowly but surely put it in more and more cities in the United States and now we're nationwide.
1: Awesome what you mentioned and uh, people out there listening couldn't see that I was laughing like hell. Um, you mentioned you didn't know about the whole ecosystem. And uh, I think what you what you meant was uh, how much work it takes and how much money it costs, right? Because that was the same exact thing uh, when I was starting Jobify as a, uh, my platform. I, I thought it would take around... Eight month and around 30,000 uh, euros to get a first version and to be online. The reality was, it was uh, multiple six figures and it took around one and a half year, almost two years to have a good version right. online. So uh, what was your experience of that? Very
0: similar. And, as, and the the thing is, uh, there's a couple things that are happening that I didn't realize this is so I spent 15 years building a big landscaping company hundred and plus employees I, I thought I was like a you know I thought I knew everything there was to know about business and then so when I started the app I thought well you know that business was hard I want to start a, a software company now because that'll be easier and uh, one thing I didn't understand was I was inventing a brand new product from scratch something that did not exist and so when you're when you're inventing something that doesn't exist you really don't have any kind of roadmap to follow there's really no kind of preset things that you need to do it's it's really just trial and error and going from failure to failure without a loss of enthusiasm and I didn't I wasn't prepared for that and and it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be in the first three months six months and uh, it was only because we were meeting with the people using the app did we get enough validation to understand okay, we need to keep going forward because we would talk to these people and they would tell us everywhere we sucked uh, well, the guy didn't show up on time, the prices were too high, uh, it flat out didn't work, it crashed it had bugs um, it, uh, you know the, the i didn't get any quotes, um, you know all of these things, and uh, but one thing we never heard was i don 't need this, we never heard. Uh, In fact the disappointment that we saw from these people was validation. They, They were let down that the app sucked and we took that to mean well imagine if it actually did work people would love to use this and so that was just enough validation to keep going and to keep figuring out all of the things we need to work on and we just always took like a list of 100 things and distilled it down to two or three things. And fix those, worked on those, improved those, and then this rinse and repeat our way through making the app better and better and better, just through five percent and ten percent gains. And uh, we did that for three or four years, and we actually had something along the lines. And then on top of all that, building a marketplace is really hard. You know, building a marketplace that connects buyers and sellers um, is is tremendously difficult because you have to like satisfy the wants and needs of both sides of the of the transaction. And so we were constantly like over-optimizing on one side at the expense of the other and uh, just going through the motions of trying to f- figure out what the delicate balance was to, to build an app that lawn care services love to use and that homeowners love to use was just one that took a lot of trial and error and a lot of
1: time. Uh, and the difficulty uh, I was experiencing with a marketplace or with starting a marketplace from scratch that you need both parties at the same That's time. Right. So it's maybe easy to acquire one of them, but maybe it's very hard to acquire the other part. So then the marketplace wouldn't work. Um, about, about numbers, how much have you spent um, to get your marketplace in, in a starting position? And then maybe for the first one or two years in ad spend, or have you used, um, for example, PPC ads, or have you spent money for PR agencies to get on Forbes and uh, Entrepreneur Magazine and stuff like that? Yeah, it's a
0: great question because every single marketplace, SaaS company, app, whatever it is you're doing, you need to like innovate and solve a problem. And then you also need to innovate on growth and distribution. At the same time, so so bad distribution and bad marketing is what kills most startups, and it's it's bad it's 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 bad distribution of the product that 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 kills it on arrival, and it's not necessarily the product itself. And so, for us, we we kind of knew that in the early days because again we were reading these books and they were kind of like mapping out a methodology we could follow. And so we when we were meeting with people, we would always try to ask them. Well, how do you normally find a lawn mowing service? How do you normally do this? And they would say the same things every time. Well, I would call I would call people from friends and family and recommendations, and then they wouldn't call me back, or I'd hire somebody that way, and then, and then they would let me down. And then out of sheer like desperation, I would just go to Google and search for lawn mowing service nearby me. We heard that all the time. And so then we thought, well, maybe Google organic search is something we need to try to, like, almost bet the company on. And then again, we started like trying to figure out, okay, well, how do we compete in, in Google Organic Search? And we were confronted with, wow, this is really hard. This is not just like something you can just throw some keywords on a, on a landing page and rank. And uh, we started like peeling away the layers of the onion of what it takes to compete um, in, in Google Organic Search with the big established uh, players. And we started like really just kind of baking that into everything we were doing and how we were building the product and the things we were doing every day on top of innovating on the product was also how we're gonna innovate in search and and outrank everybody else is competing for these same keywords. And that's a bet we made early on and, and I think as a marketplace founder, as a as a SaaS company founder, um, you're, you're going to need to focus on one channel you're going to need to like almost bet the company on one channel and so experiment in maybe a dozen channels and then figure out what's working and then just be the best in your market or in the world at that one channel because you're not gonna be good at all these things at the same time at least that's that's been my experience on top of all that our company's bootstrapped you know we we self-funded the entire thing and so you know for the first three years no paychecks uh, I worked you know, uh, all day on the thing, and my two co-founders uh, worked nights and weekends. They had full-time jobs, and every dime we were making, we were putting back into things like de- developer hours, uh, better designers, content creators, SEO consultants, things of that sort so we could use every dime we were making to go try to make more money. And Then as time went on, you know, a little bit of a snowball, snowball effect took place where, where compound interest kicked in, and that's, that small number started getting big.
1: Uh, and uh, how much money did you spend on? Yeah, spend, so, so when
0: we first launched, you know, we didn't raise any money. We, we, and we paid a dev shop to build the first version of GreenPal, like a, a development agency. We spent like $150,000. We launched that version, total failure. Uh, didn't have the fe- didn't have the features it needed it was just like way off the mark for what we needed and, and so we're talking to these people and we realized holy crap man if we're gonna be in the tech business we're gonna have to learn how to build software so we started working on ourselves uh, learning how to code learning how to build software so I'm, I'm a terrible front-end engineer uh, my co-founder is a horrible back-end engineer uh, but just enough to like be able to start building iterating and improving and, and as we got more sales we then started reinvesting those dollars into uh, other more development hours hiring our own developers that work for the company now and uh and in, and in doubling down on on Google organic so we haven't ever spent a dime on on paid uh, paid search uh, I mean we have just experiment but we learned really quick that that those channels were not going to work for us we we just can't afford to spend a two hundred dollars to acquire a customer uh, we, don't, we only take a small transactional fee. And so we learned really quick that, okay, rather than spending ten grand this month on Facebook ads or Google ads, let's, let's spend that, that on better content. Let's spend that on better uh, SEO, better backlinks. Let's spend that on, on making the site faster so we rank better. And so just reinvesting every dime we make back into uh, SEO-related activities has been core to our strategy.
1: Have you done the SEO parts by yourself or in, in relation? With so your, I think a lot of
0: times um, startups will try to like build a product and then they'll sprinkle some marketing on top at the end. And they'll try to outsource this stuff. They'll try to hire a digital agency or they'll try to hire an SEO agency. And maybe that'll work, but it's been my experience. Like this stuff has to be part of the DNA of the company from the ground up. Uh and so like the first month when we launched this thing, I just started pouring over every SEO blog there was. Like I've I, I started reading everything I could get my hands on, watching everything on YouTube that I could get my hands on, buying every course that I could afford to learn SEO. So I learned I learned like the ninety percent of of what goes into SEO and and baked that into what we were doing. Now we delegate a lot of these things, but it wasn't just like it wasn't just like, hey, SEO company, we just built this thing, now now SEO it up. Like it it, it it doesn't work that way. Like it has to be in the in the DNA of the company from the ground up because there's just so many disciplines. There's so many different things. There's design, there's content, there's UX, there's conversion rate optimization, there's there's engineering, there's content writers, there's PR, there's people doing outreach for backlinking. Like that's that's eight things. There's probably five more different disciplines that somebody on the team has got to be doing and it's almost impossible to outsource all that stuff.
1: Okay. Okay, that's quite interesting because a lot of people here Um, also what we are doing are telling you when you're building a SaaS business, you need to put in, uh, some money on PPC ads, because if you're only going for, for content marketing, like a YouTube channel, an Instagram account or SEO, that will take too much time to get the business running because, uh, SEO, I think, uh, uh, you would agree with that. It took around six to 12 months until you rank your pages um, in the top three. In if you're lucky. And, um, but you mentioned right, if you're lucky, yeah, depending on the market. And you mentioned right now, no, we did it only with SEO and uh, we didn't spend any or that much money on PPC ads. That's quite interesting. Um, how did you get into Inc., Forbes, Harvard Business, Entrepreneur Magazine? Was that paid articles uh, with a PR agency or did you grow that big and then those magazines came to you and uh, want to interview you? Or yeah, good, great question.
0: Um, real quick on the PPC thing. I think PPC can make something that's working work even better. Like so we're, we're doing this and then I throw some PPC on it and then I go like that. But it's hard to like – Go from zero to one on PPC because you'll, you'll you'll go broke doing it. At least you will if you're building a marketplace. If you have a SaaS business, you kind of really understand what the LTV is and you know you can go out there and buy customers for 300 bucks. Then yeah, pour money in. But for for most marketplaces, the liquidity that you need, it's almost impossible to to spend uh to, to generate it with just PPC. I read a article the uh, a little while ago that something like 80% of all VC dollars go right back to google facebook and amazon and so it's, it's it's wild so it's like when it works the one time out of a hundred sure but for most entrepreneurs it's a bad bet um now now moving on to like how do you get how do you get pr for your business how do you get into inc harvard business review forbes uh entrepreneur magazine like that is an seo strategy like that is a big part of seo because every time one of these big publications like mentions your company or or mentions that one of the founders, you, most of the time you get a backlink back, and when that backlink is pointed from Wall Street Journal back to your company, that's almost like a vote, and it's almost like a it's almost like a, like a like they 're vouching for you in a, in a little way and, and that's that 's what Google understands and then so they say, okay well this this site has all these different backlinks from all these authoritative places let 's rank it higher because it must be a, must be a reliable resource and so there 's no way to like hack this stuff or or or, uh, or fake it it's like it 's like it either is or it isn 't and and sure, yeah, unlimited budget you can hi, you can get anything done you know you can hire a PR company to go do this stuff for you, but we 're talking hundred grand a month. And, uh, and so like for us, we've had to do this stuff ourselves. In fact, my co-founder, that's all he's done for six years is just outreach to journalists. Outreach to journalists, talking to them about, hey, you know, this is what we do. Uh, we're GreenPow. We're the Uber for lawn mowing. We, we're actually live in Kansas City, Missouri, and we, we've helped three business owners double their business. One of them is like a minority business owner. Would you like to do a story about it? And He does that like 200 times a day, and his goal is to get one story a week. One story a week, 200 pitches a day. So that's what it takes to, like, develop a PR strategy that that, that has traction, that works. And it it goes for anything from, like, local earned media all the way up to to Entrepreneur, Inc., in and, and Harvard Business Review and Wall Street Journal. It's it's going through the, the actual hard work of figuring out how you can place your brand into a storyline that these people would want to put in front of their readers, that their readers would get value from, and there's no way to there's no way to hack it. You just gotta do it.
1: what you mentioned you can you can hack it uh, if you pay for it so you can pay five grand and then i think you are in one of those magazines um but yeah yeah it's and an, and one pen- ain't gonna move
0: down. the needle like you need you need hundreds of these mentions you know you got to be everywhere and so it's really hard to do when you're self-funded uh you really kind of have to take like the marathon approach the multi-year approach of just doing the hard work day in day out and over time it begins to build and compound
1: yeah 100 percent um what was the biggest struggle were were some struggles you had building your marketplace did you have for example you mentioned um a few minutes ago that the first version was uh, not working um did you have a lot of Technical problems, for example, security issues. Um, did you get hacked? So, for example, when when I put my uh, my marketplace online, I was bombarded from people from all over the world who were hacker and um, told me, "Hey, there is an issue," and I found this uh, issue, and there is a backdoor, and I, I don't know. Um, so this is something you were not expecting before. I, I'm 15 years in the marketing agent uh, industry and had. Uh, running facebook ads and wordpress websites and stuff but if you what also you did creating a website from scratch you're not thinking that much about security issues or anything like that so had you do you had the quite the same experience or other technical problems or or Anything yeah, you, you know, you uh, as struggling. an entrepreneur, you're
0: always playing whack-a-mole, and you're just trying to figure out like what the biggest problem you're facing at that moment is. And for us, yeah, all that stuff, the tech, the, the technical aspect, the execution was hard. The the security stuff's hard. Um, it's all hard. But the hardest thing is creating a damn product people want, and that is what the hardest like challenge for us was. Like all this other stuff is like, okay, we have a security breach. I know how to fix that creating a product that people want to use and inventing something brand new that's the hardest part of it and so i think it's like you as an entrepreneur 90 of your time needs to be spent with talking with users figuring out how you can solve their problems better cheaper quicker faster more reliably and yeah you got to do these other things but, but they're not the most important thing you're dealing with like you have to build you're in search of that product market fit and you have to like create the recipe of things that people will pay for and continue to use and that's been the hardest thing for us one of the things like the biggest challenge that that we faced early on was was uh when we first launched i was just astounded as to how difficult it was to get service providers to give a free price to quote it to literally say okay yeah mrs smith on main street wants her yard mowed every week uh, $45. To literally type $45 into a screen. I would have thought anybody in the lawn mowing business would be salivating at the opportunity to be able to give a free price in an instant. No they weren't. Like It was really difficult to to get these folks onto the platform and then to engage them to where they just give a free quote to maybe get hired, that was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, Getting the service provider to show up on the day they're supposed to. You know, we had to build 20 different features to prevent service providers from flaking or ghosting the person that just hired them. And what we came to understand was, like, it really sucks for a homeowner to go out and find somebody to take care of this chore and guess what? Now all of those problems are ours. And as the platform and as the marketplace, it's our job to solve them. And that was something that I was not prepared for. I, I, thought, I didn't know any of those problems were going to exist. And the only reason we stumbled upon it was because people were using it and, we, and it was just in our face every day. And then we understood, okay, this, these are the three things we need to focus on this week. Nothing else matters. And yeah, sure, all these other things are happening too, but like the primary thing is is in, you're in search of product market fit and nothing else matters if you can't find that.
1: Did your product, uh, So, because you mentioned um, you need to spend the time talking to people about your product, you need to create a product people love to use and uh, to use over and over again. Did the product itself, um, yeah, was it different um, from the day one product to the product that is today? Because I think the product was still the same. Uh, it's uh, taking right. care about your mowing for your lawn. So uh, I think that is quite the same. So what do you The mean? original vision uh, did the is over
0: remarkably 20? the exact same as it was eight years ago when we started. So you should be able to, if you have tall grass, you should be able to push a button and quickly hire somebody to come mow it. And this, this should just happen like magic. That is no different today in 2021 than when I started the business in 2013. And so that hasn't changed. And so I think, I think like the vision almost never changes. The vision shouldn't be changing a lot. And now the strategy on how you get there meanders and that That iterates. That is constantly like moving. It's not static. But the vision, and the vision was back then this thing is the remote control for your life, your phone, and you should be able to just pick it up and order Thai food, a car wash, a lawn mowing, laundry cleaning, and uh, book your Airbnb and all this other stuff right from here. And so it's like that vision never changed. Now, the idea of how we would get there has changed a million times and it's all of these things you don't understand that that you're confronted with once you get in the trenches and start trying to build that that vision and trying to build the thing that delivers that little piece of the future those things always change and and you have to be adaptable and willing to iterate your way there but i think the vision needs to be static um unless it's just flat out not working and then you pivot to something else but i think that's a that's a problem a lot of entrepreneurs run into it's it's like the they try something for three months and it doesn't take off and then they change the vision when in fact you need to like key in on, on a vision that in, a, in a, like a view of the future that does not yet exist and then and then just grind it out for five years to make it happen.
1: Yeah, you need to do that. That that was, it's funny that you mentioned that because that is one of my strategy when I was building that. Uh, There were two options. Build that site with a WordPress website and do some optimizations and customizations and then build a first version or you're doing it all from scratch. So what I mentioned, I didn't expect that it was that expensive Um, but I was telling myself, no, I do it from scratch. I do it 100% why because then there is no point of return so if you're doing it from scratch that it yeah you're not going back after three four ten months if it's not working you keep going people were asking me hey um where what is your um i don't know how to say that um when you will stop that well, I don't know, if you have spent $200,000, are you going to stop that? Because it's maybe not worth. Uh, and I always told them, there is no point for stopping it. It will work. Uh, even I have to grind it until it's working. So maybe it will take a, uh, a few years. If you're, what you mentioned, if you're bootstrapped, if you're self-founded, there is no millions of, uh, of dollars um, like competitors have. Um but you need to figure it out. You need to find other ways. And I think uh, today, in, in 2021, we have the possibility to figure it out, even if it's PPC ads, if you have money, or you need to create awesome videos and put them on YouTube or create a, create a community and d- do that on TikTok, Facebook. I don't know. There are different ways to do that, but there should be a point uh, or there should Absolutely. be a way to it's like- it out. Uh, what is your point on that?
0: Doing these things necess- won't necessarily, like, get you to the finish line, but you're going to get one thing, you're going to get a learning. So it's like you 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 build, you do, you measure, you learn, and then adapt, re- and then repeat that over and over and over again. So it's like, okay, let's say, you know, to your point, I'm going to create awesome videos on YouTube to get traffic uh, for my website that is, that is selling... Uh, uh, whatever it is home furnishing and I, I know that if I can create this this great content that showcases these products in a certain way that I can get a following going and then I can I can make that work and so you create your first YouTube video oh it didn't work but maybe you learned something by doing that to where you can adapt and do it better again and again and again and again and it's and it's like it's not necessarily like inching your way towards success It's it's inching your way through learnings that you then apply to what works and so if you're going to go start a traditional business, if you're going to start a construction company, a roofing company, uh, auto repair shop, a home cleaning service, uh, a hair cutting salon, whatever, there's a known like path that you can take to make that a great business. Follow that path. But if you're going to start and invent a brand new product from scratch that does not exist and it's a technology product, it's a completely different strategy and it's one that is based in learnings from action to action, and then applying those learnings to make it better and better and better, and that's how you develop some traction. That's how you figure out what's going to
1: work. You mentioned um, that the first four years uh, that your marketplace didn't, did okay, but uh, not very awesome. What happened after the fourth year, um, where you mentioned in? some big magazines or did you get some big shout outs somewhere or yeah there, there hasn't
0: ever been one move on moment. the chessboard that has gotten checkmate yeah, yeah. Like and I think that's the way most so must, startups, right. particularly bootstrapped ones, will will unfold. There's not one like inflection point where you just take off. It's a it's a c it's a iterative, like slow progression, like a marathon, like a slow iterative approach that where you just reach this stuff in a linear fashion. Now, sometimes you see that hockey stick growth, but in most cases, it's a it's an iterative approach. And so in, a, in American football, we, you've got the passing game and you got the running game. And maybe in, in, in uh, European football, you've got the long ball approach or the slow buildup. You know, startups and businesses most of the time are like the slow buildup from the back all the way to the front. You're not taking long shots downfield uh, because you really don't have the resources to do it. And the cost of failure is much higher. Whereas if you if you're taking the slow, like iterative approach, the one, two, three percent gains they build up over time, and you're learning a little bit as you go, and that that's how you create that momentum. And so for us, it's, it wasn't like year four everything started to work. It was just like year four. It, it, we started to make just enough money to where we could put that money back to work and hire more people and, and, and hire more developers, more designers, more content creators to where we could put them to work. And that was a little bit of like a force multiplier for us. And so there wasn't one moment where it was like, aha, this is the one feature we were missing and now everything is great. It was a, it was a, it was a hundred things done and they started to add up to where we were making just enough money to where we could reinvest that money.
1: Okay, awesome. Did you uh, or, uh You were starting only with Yeah, so it was just my two co founders and I so three you, total. And it was that way stuff. for
0: four years, we didn't hire our first person help on us until probably late year three, year four. And so it was very much us nights and weekends, seven days a week. Uh, working on the company working on the product and and just learning how to code writing code learning how to design designing learning how like working on ourselves while working on the business and that's just what we were willing to do to, to make it work we didn't want to raise any outside capital because we saw a lot of other Uber for X types of startups in the United States that were raising tons of money and then they would die 12 months later and we were thinking, wow, something is going on here. Like, like these folks are trying to build like uh, a new product and, and, and they're going too fast. And so it's actually the capital is what caused them to die and not necessarily increase their chances of success. As we saw this and we're like, well, let's just go the slow and low approach. Nobody's going to steal this dream from us and let's just figure it out and 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 do it as long as it takes and luckily that's the path we took now my co-founders and i own the entire business we don't have anybody on our on our cap table and and that's a great place to be now we're 27 and and so everybody in the works in the company is smarter than me in some way and that's the way I, i like it and so we have specialists that 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 or work on their their function, whereas in the early days it was very much us kind of figuring out how to do all this stuff like half-assed good. Now we have people that great developers, great copywriters, great designers, and uh, and that and now it's a lot of fun because I can manage these people who are really good at what they do and and put them in positions where they can do their best work. Uh, and then I'm good at leading and managing teams. That's what I'm good at. I'm not great at writing code, but I you know in the early days that's what I had to do.
1: Okay. Uh, are you working with the remote workers, um, or only with? Uh, yeah. So around ten are in or office, and then everybody else remote is remote
0: all over the United, United States. States and world. So we have got uh, we've got a great designer in in Eastern Europe. We've got uh, one engineer in Indonesia, one engineer in Pakistan. So people all over the world.
1: okay awesome so that's right (laughs) yeah brian is also working with remote workers from the overseas hey
0: awesome that's good to know
1: (laughs) awesome so if you need some more let me know (laughs) okay awesome thanks for sharing all that insights brian um Is there anything by the end of this episode you would recommend to people? I think uh, particularly
0: a marketplace, it's going to be a a slog getting the business going. I think a lot of times the slog is is related to expectations. And so a lot of times when you're starting a business, it's really hard and you're going through this grind, you're going through this slog. And really what's making it a slog is that you expected it to be easier. So if you can manage your expectations and know that the first year is going to be really, really tough, it's going to be a year before you figure out what the hell it is you're doing, another year before you get any kind of traction, and then a year after that to maybe get something that's working, and then a year after that to build a business, well, then maybe it won't be so bad if you know that move, um, up front. And so like that's 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 what I would tell listeners. If you're thinking about starting a marketplace, be willing to dedicate a minimum of five years and a lot of work, and if you can get something going, it'll be well worth it.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for sharing all that insights in your company. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, yeah, informations for all the people out there it was a very interesting podcast episode. I think if you guys are from the US and need someone who takes care of your um, lawn, you can visit your greenpalcom Or for sure, you can uh, go to Instagram and type Brian Clayton. And I think people will find you there. Um, Thanks for being here. Thanks guys for listening to this episode. Hopefully Thanks, you enjoyed it. Thanks Ben, I appreciate it, it. it. And be with us in the next episode. Thanks Brian. Thanks guys for listening. Bye bye.